This is Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 101, Build a Coaching Business. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. my friend. Welcome to episode 101 of the show. We are past 100 and now looking forward to the next 100. I can't believe it. I intentionally wanted to start off these next 100 episodes by talking about my business and kind of, you know, pulling back the curtain and letting you see what it's been like the past seven years as I've built my business. If you are someone who is interested in building your own coaching business, or you're just curious what goes on in my business, this episode is for you. I am going to walk you through my journey to building my business and share all the mistakes I wish I didn't make. We're going to talk about things like What's going to be the hardest money you're going to make? What are going to be the best investments that you make? And all the things in between there. All right. So before I start and get into it, I want to give a shout out to two people who I follow heavily, who have heavily influenced me, particularly since 2019 in my coaching business. And that's when my business has shifted a ton And those people are Brooke Castillo with the Life Coach School. No surprise to any of you who are familiar with life coaching. She is kind of the big one for a lot of us. And then Stacey Bayman, who Brooke actually has mentored. And both of them combined have allowed me to create multiple six figures in my business from 2019 on. And now I'm recording this in early 2021. So I highly encourage you to follow both of them. I'm going to be giving them reference to a lot of things that I share with you today because it's been things that they've instilled in me that have worked extremely well for me. I have followed a lot of people, and those are the two that have moved the needle the most for me in regards to making money in my business. All right. Okay. So let's talk about, first off, why coaching is so awesome. (laughs) Okay. Because I'm going to talk about some things that have been a little bit of a struggle over the years, but I always went back to why I love coaching so much. I've said often that I would do this profession even if I wasn't getting paid. In fact, I feel like the money is just a cherry on top to me. I love what I do so much. I feel like I was born to do this. And um, yeah, I just, I love 
everything I get to do in my business for the most part. Like I love getting to help people in a very deep way and transform their lives. There's never a question that I'm not making an impact in somebody's life. More so the question is how much impact did I make today or in this one minute or in this one hour? You are heavily just making a difference in this world when you are a coach. And I love that. I also feel like I get to use my strengths every single day. Like this is the best of the best of me. So many people think that I'm extroverted if they just see me in my coaching business. And that's because I love what I do so much. I love being able to listen to people. I love being able to problem solve and getting them into action. Again, I feel like I was born to do this. And so it energizes me like crazy. Now, small talk and all the other things (laughs) don't energize me. And that's what doesn't make me an extrovert, but I I do. I light up when I do my coaching business. And um, yeah, the money again, is just this cherry on top. Now, of course, money is part of the game of life. Like we have to have money to buy the things that we want to buy. And I've had to do a lot of work in my mindset to be okay to charge the money that I do. I've realized that money is a way for people to show up and pay attention. When they are paying a good amount of money for something, they are going to take notes and they are gonna treat it seriously. And it's so funny because over the years, I haven't really changed what I've taught that much, but I've changed my pricing. And the more I increase my pricing, the more people take what I have to say seriously and then implement it in their lives and get even better results. So. It's just part of the game of it. Two, I am at a very fortunate position in my life where I can go out and I can, in essence, be the best me in my career. I know that not everybody has that kind of opportunity. And so me making money allows me to then give to philanthropies and charities that Um, support people who don't have those opportunities so we can move the needle for everybody in life. Because I feel like people who get to do coaching as a client, they're at a space where life is pretty good for them and they're just trying to make it great. Whereas other people in life, they're just trying to get food on the table and get clean water or get a roof over their head, right? You know, if you talk about my base theory episode, I talk about this. We're not all born on the same basis. And I was born on second, looking at third base. I just had a couple things I needed to clean up to get me to this place to be able to achieve. And now I'm at a place where I'm hitting home runs often and I'm able to reach this place called self-actualization. And so again, I love that I get to make money at doing this kind of thing so I can give back to that. I also just love connecting with people. I genuinely love hearing people's stories so much. Like I fall in love with people and not a romantic way, of course, but I fall in love with people as I'm coaching them and I'm learning about them. And I think sometimes my clients think, oh, I'm so boring to her. Never. Like I love learning about people and I love getting to help them, as I keep saying. And uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to um, sit back and listen to people and then help them along the way. One of my coaching buds, Kate Snowwise, she has a podcast called Here to Thrive. That's really awesome. But one time we met up for lunch and she said, 
you know, with my clients, I feel like I take a part of their soul and they take a part of my soul as we coach together and in our journey. And I'm like, yes, it's exactly how it feels is that we just, you know, just impact each other's hearts and minds and souls in a way that forever changes us. And I love being able to connect deeply with people on that level. So that's why I love coaching so much. Um, I also love it just for the money possibilities and the work-life blends that I can create. I make my own hours. I'm somebody who highly values freedom. And so I love being my own boss in essence. (laughs) Sometimes I do worry like I've become, you know, I'm doing this seven years now is like (laughs) if I keep doing this time and time again, which I hope I get to, it's going to be hard for me to take orders (laughs) from other people. Sometimes even with my husband, you know, we're we're co-parenting our son, whereas my daughter, her dad and I co-parent, but he lives somewhere else. And, you know, that's a different dynamic. So I really just get to do whatever I want with her most of the time. But with my son and co-parenting, it's like, oh, man, I actually have to, like, listen to somebody. <laughs> so but I do love being my own boss. Um, I also love that I'm growing all of the time in my business. There's always new things to learn, if not for a business sake, but from my client's sake. If a client is stuck and for whatever reason, we're just not able to get them moving forward in the way that they want, you know, it's up to me to to go out there and start to learn of, okay, what do I need to do to help this person? And I love that. I love always having a learning curve. I never, ever get bored ever, which I love. Okay. So what do I not love about my business? Well, it's not that much. At the beginning, it was very overwhelming. And I'll talk about more why that was here in a bit. But now on on my sense of where I am with my business. I'm not having to do everything. I have contractors that help me, especially my admin, Rachel, who I mention often, who is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Rachel, if you're listening to this, you can't ever leave me. She's amazing. Um, I also have a podcast editor, Erin, and I have um, an ads person and a social person, and I have a designer from time to time. And so it's been nice to take that stuff off my plate and be able to solely focus in what you know, many of us call our zone of genius, which is for me, coaching and teaching. So I love that aspect. Now at the beginning, it was a lot to wear all of those hats. And even now I still wear hats from time to time when it's needed, right? Um, I also don't particularly love when a client and I separate. And, you know, granted, 99.9% of the time, that's in a positive way that we separate. They just go fly for a bit on their own, or the the coaching relationship is just complete, and they're ready to move on and go do other things, or go learn from other people. And while that's such a beautiful thing, and it shows that I did my job so well, it also kind of sucks. You know, sometimes there's a mourning process with that. And, you know, in the professional world, they'd be like, well, Lindsay, don't get attached. But like I said earlier, I fall in love with my clients. Like I love getting to talk to them every week and coach them. And um, it's sad when I don't know what's going on anymore. That's why a lot of times I'll be reaching out to them even when we're not in a coaching relationship anymore. And some of my peers are like, wow, Lindsay, I can't believe you do that. I'm like, because I'm genuinely curious. What's going on? What are you doing? Tell me all the things. Um, And so, yeah, it's just it's it's uncomfortable sometimes when we separate because um, I miss them. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just part of the game. Right. Um, but that's probably the biggest thing that I don't like. The other thing that I'm not crazy about sometimes with coaching is that I have to say hard things that I know is going to be uncomfortable for the client and it may even sting a little bit. Now, always I'm doing it with love, right? But sometimes I know, okay, I'm going to say this to this person and knowing some of the thoughts that they have because I know them so well, they're going to be triggered by this. And that stinks. Um, I don't like that part of it. It's uncomfortable for me, but that's also why a client has hired me. I'm not there to be their best friend. Am I there to cheerlead them and to root them on? Absolutely. But I'm also there to give them results and I'm there to show them the things that are holding them back. And sometimes that's just uncomfortable. So it's part of the game. Um, I'm getting more comfortable with it as I'm growing into this kind of being. Um, and it's not the way that I coached the entire process either. The first three months of coaching, there's a lot of handholding. There's a lot of love because we're looking at things that are hard and we're building that relationship and I'm getting them to a place of just being able to feel their feelings. And so I'm not going to be that tough on them. Then the next three months of coaching, they're dreaming big and they're planting seeds for their life vision and what they want to be authentically in this world. And I just let them dream. And granted, yes, I will challenge them from time to time if they get stuck in emotion because I'm like, hey, we've already been here. Remember, this is the process. Here are the things that are holding you back. Go use your tools. But it's still very much like a... a um, I don't know how to describe it, but more of just like a, it's not handholding, but just more of like, hey, dream big. And I'm here to listen to your stuff and to tell you all the patterns I see of you dreaming big. But then after that, they are challenged to get into massive action and make decisions and follow through on all that dreaming that they've done. Now, granted, they've been taking action the entire coaching process. And I have been, you know, kicking their booty a little bit here and there. But after that, I really kick their booty. I'm like, hey, you know all the things now. You say you're going to do all this. Let's go. And anytime they're getting stuck in that, you know, we come back to coaching of like, hey, Lindsay, why am I not taking massive action? Why am I not making decisions? Why am I not feeling good? And that's when I'm able to show up and be like, hey, what about this? What about that? What about this? You know, you're playing the victim card, for example. That's not the case anymore. Or you're doing this. Or this is your thought. Or blah, 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 right? Um, and hold them accountable to the tools too. Is like, hey, you said that you wanted this kind of life and you're not doing your tools. Let's figure out why and, and digging deeper into that. So it's a beautiful part of coaching, but it's also uncomfortable too. So that's just my two cents on it. Okay, so then let's talk about my journey with my coaching business. I have been doing this for seven years now. So my LLC was formed, get this, you don't choose what date that your LLC is formed. You just apply. And then for me, the state of Texas just determined what date, I guess I got to the paperwork. And it was on 4-14-14. So 2014, 4-14, 2014. How cool is that? I love number patterns. Um, and so it was just so cool that that ended up being the date. Now, I technically started my coaching journey in late 2013. So I signed up to be a client in September 2013, and I started going through the coaching process. And then by February, I knew I wanted to move forward and be a coach. And so I did a coach training during that time in February. And then from February till um, September of that year, I was just taking on free clients. 
and practicing coaching and continually going to school. We had classes every single week for many months and just getting constant feedback from my teachers on how I was coaching and getting better and better and better. And then by September of 2014, I went to another coach training to learn, in essence, a lot of the coaching tools and process that I still use today. And then from there, after I had that training, I decided, okay, it's time for me to start charging money. I could have charged money from the get-go. I chose not to, but at that point, I started charging money and I did not charge that much. And at the time, I had a day job and then I was also a single mom. And so I couldn't really take on a ton of clients and I didn't really want to take on a ton of clients because I wanted to just go in with a few clients and do the coaching really well with them versus having clients everywhere. And so I opted to just start with three clients and I was charging $125 a month. (laughs) So not that much. And one of my first clients was Femi, who was on the show. And I had known her from, we actually met at coach training, but one of my first coach trainings And she didn't know any of the tools that I was using um, otherwise. And so I I knew I really, really wanted to coach her because I knew she was like my ideal client. And so I offered her a discount and she only paid $75 per month. So in essence, we had three sessions per month. She only paid $25 a session. And I was totally cool with that. I just wanted to cover my basic expenses, like my babysitter, for example. So I would coach in the evenings after I put my daughter to bed but I'd have a high school student come and just sit in the living room and watch the monitor while my daughter slept in case she got up, which she like never did. (laughs) But I needed that reassurance that I wasn't going to get interrupted when I coached. And so again, I really loved that part of my coaching experience. I feel like those months I did it really well and I would not go back and change anything about that. And so then when 2015 hit, I was still finishing up coaching the clients that I had because I signed them in September. And typically it was a six to nine month process at the time. And I was, again, just coaching them one-on-one. And so I was wrapping up with them mostly in the spring, early summer of 2015. And then from there, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to start a podcast And I'm going to take what I've done one-on-one with them, and I'm going to make a group program. And so I opted to just do a beta program. It was 21 days. It was called the Life Lovers 21 Day Challenge. And I kind of had an idea of what I was going to teach, but I just kind of put a Facebook ad out there. I learned how to do Facebook ads, and I ended up getting 150 women signing up. And it only cost me $150, by the way, which is like unheard of now (laughs) with Facebook ads. I mean, it would be really hard to get leads that cheap. But I only spent $150. And um, from there, I was like, okay, I've got these women. I'm going to start just giving them videos every day and see what happens. And it was magical what I created in those 21 days. And it was magical to see the results that they got with less uh, feedback and coaching from me. And also at that time, I started my former podcast, Life Lovers Radio, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I knew just enough to start a podcast, and I just turned on the mic and started talking about my story, and then I started doing, you know, little trainings here and there, and I just got lucky that it ended up 
Um, the people who were in the Life Lovers Challenge ended up listening. And so it shot my podcast up to the new and noteworthy list, which again, is so much harder to achieve these days. Now it's really just, you know, quote unquote, famous people who get on that list. Um, and they it was on the charts. And I just had this quick little boost of momentum to take me to the next step in my business. And I thought, okay, great, this is awesome. And um, as I said, you know, I didn't charge those women for the first 21 day program. But then after that, I had this group of about 15 women who had just really rocked it and wanted more. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to create another group program. And I decided to just charge them $497 each. Some of them was $597 based on when they signed up. And I, I coached them for 90 days in my Unstoppable Woman pro program, which is the program that I still have today. Now it's been updated, but it was that basic program. And every week we had um, group coaching calls and they would go and they would listen to the videos and do their workbook. And then we would get on the call and I would coach them. I even had them submit me their workbook every week just because I really wanted to make sure that they were understanding things on their own and... <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, right? I was just figuring it out. So I needed to see all the things that they were doing because I had just been trained on how to do one-on-one -on -one coaching and that's all I had experience, right? So I they got a lot of value for that $497. And some of them even got one-on-one -on -one calls based on when they signed up. And again, it was just like, I wasn't there to make a lot of money. I was there to learn and to figure things out and to get better. And then after those first 90 days in that program, they were ready for more. And so then I developed my Become an Authentically Awesome program, which I still have today. And then after that, I was like, okay, I don't have anything else. And it had been drilled in me in coaching, or at least this is how I interpreted it, was don't coach your clients long term. You do not want them to get codependent on you. And so they go through the process of, you know, whatever your process is, and then you let them go. And so I made it very clear to them after we were done with Authentically Awesome was like, okay, you go fly now, you have the tools, see you later, reach out if you need me, but otherwise, you know, you're on your own kind of thing. And um, from there, I then, like I said earlier in the show of when a client leaves, there's this mourning process, right? And so I had this group of clients at that time, it had gone from like 15 and then, you know, 10 ended up going on to the next thing. And um, it was like those 10 clients, I transformed their life. I had never had so much power in one room, in essence, of being able to help so many people at one time, which I know is 10 people, but that's a lot, right? And so I left that experience and I just felt this huge wave of sadness and I felt this huge wave of what I now know is an upper limit problem, which is in essence like going beyond your normal feeling. And I felt so much joy and pride and confidence that it was like too much for my system. And I started self-sabotaging. And so when I wrapped with them, this would have been early 2016, I just needed some time to process of what was going on. And also at this time, I was about to get married. And if you know my story, you know this was a big deal. Like I had just gotten out of a divorce in 2013 where he was living a double life with another woman. And then I had met my husband and we had just this beautiful dating experience. Now it wasn't all perfect, but it was beautiful. And then um, this beautiful engagement, he gave me this amazing ring that I'm still wearing today. 
Um, and it was just too much. Like it was just, it was just too much for my system to take. And so what I opted to do was slow down because now it's early spring 2015 or 2016. I'm slowing down, getting ready for the wedding because too, I had so much to do with the wedding that I had put off to the last minute, including like getting my dress. I had to rush that crap and do all that stuff. Um, and, um, from there I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this other offer now. And I called it breaking barriers and it was a free five day challenge. And I was like, then I'll just do that challenge. And then I'm going to make life lovers a paid thing now. And it'll be $97 and then I'll get people into unstoppable and I'm going to bump it up to $997 or I'll give them these different levels if based on how much support they want. They can do self-study at $997. They can do group coaching at $1997 or they can do one-on-one coaching where they get one-on-one sessions every week at $2997. And that's where I got a little bit off the train. Like when I look back on this time, yes, I was taking in a lot. I was doing a lot. There was a lot going on in my personal life because of the coaching I had had as a client. And something that I wish I had not have done that I'm going to walk you back on is, okay, so 2013, remember, I start my own coaching as a client. And then I have my coach until about mid-2014. And she had been trained like I had, where as when we're done, we're done, you move on, see you later, and maybe we have maintenance sessions. And so her and I would have a maintenance session maybe here and there. But I grew so much, right, as I said. But then too, I was still wanting to grow. And I ended up not having that mental support anymore and not knowing what what was going on in my mindset anymore because I was just new at this whole thing, right? I I didn't know enough yet. And so I started self-sabotaging. And looking back, that's one of the biggest mistakes I made was letting go of my one-on-one, in essence, life coach. Because I grew so much when I had her that had I kept her on, I would have kept growing and I would have been able to push through some of the blocks that were starting to, in essence, feel like they were caving in on me. Okay. And so I'm going to talk about this here in a bit later, but that's one of the biggest things that you need in your business is to have an ongoing one-on-one coach. If you are a coach, especially like you need it, period. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. And you probably heard that last week on the show and my bonus episode. That was one of the biggest mistakes that I made because what happened is so 2016, as I said, I'm about to get married. So then I get married and then I'm kind of soaking in, um, you know, being married and all that because we get married in the fall. And I had some clients. It's not like I wasn't making sales, but it wasn't growing. It was kind of maintaining. And um, I ended up spending more. I was like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be growing right now. So let me spend more on Facebook ads and let me spend more on this little thing and this little thing and this little thing. And so when 2017 came around, I was investing a lot, thinking like, okay, this is how I'm going to grow it. And this is where I'm going to go. And I just started flopping. Like I wasn't making my money back on my Facebook ads. I was attracting people who weren't quite the right fits. And the reason why was because I wasn't quite in the right mindset. And so that was being reflected back to me. And it was just like, I couldn't quite get it together. And two, I was still mourning that first group of clients that I had. Like I did not know how to process the intensity of that experience and get through, as I said, 
this upper limit problem because I didn't even know what an upper limit problem was at the time, right? And so 2017 was a flop, big time. Um, Not only that, but in the spring of 2017, my husband and I decided we were going to start trying to have a baby because he was about to be 40. (laughs) It freaked me the F out. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, we got to make this happen. And um, two, I just, I worried that we weren't going to be able to get pregnant. And they say, you know, it takes a year of consistently trying for then, you know, something else to get involved. And I was like, oh my God, then he's going to be 41. And like, we got to get this moving, right? So I ended up, removing my birth control, which I had an IUD. And it was like so crazy what my hormones did next. Like I just felt like, I I don't even know how to describe it. It was like I had woken up from this slumber in some ways hormonally. Um, And it was really rough for about a month of just feeling whatever I was feeling from my hormones. And I won't get into all the things, but there was a lot of um, blood loss involved. (laughs) Okay. So it was just a lot. Right. Um, and then too, I'm taking in, it's like, okay, I'm going to be this mom and we're going to try and do this thing. And it was just, again, like I had hit this upper limit problem and I could not bust through it. And so I was self-sabotaging in the one way that I had the most control over, which was my business. Okay. So again, still pumping money in the business, like, okay, it's all going to pay out. It's all going to be fine. I'm just going to keep pumping money in it. And, um, by the summer, of the same year, 2017, I got pregnant. So obviously such a blessing, right? And we got pregnant pretty quickly. Um, And then it was taking in like, okay, I'm going to be a mom. And then soon after that, it was major nausea. And from there, I decided, you know what? I'm done with my business for the meantime. I'm just going to take my pregnancy off and I'm going to just, you know, take care of me and in essence, take care of the baby. And I just opted out. And really, when I look back on this time, again, it was like, I felt like so many things were caving in on me at that time. Again, so much abundance, right? It's so interesting how that works, right? You're you're growing so much, but yet feelings-wise, it was so intense for me of like, oh my gosh, I met this person that I love deeply and who loves me and we got married and we've had this baby and, you know, all these things that were, that were coming at me and I just could not bust through the feeling of discomfort that I felt from that much abundance. And so again, it was like, okay, I'm just going to say goodbye to the business for a while. I had had some people who were on payment plans. And so they were paying me very little money, but to um, just keep the business afloat in some ways. But I also had business debt because I kept just pumping money into the business and I wasn't making that money back right away. And then when I decided to just, uh, you know, like give up in essence throughout the pregnancy, Um, then it was like, I was carrying on this credit card debt, which was not comfortable for me or my husband. We don't like carrying debt. And so during the pregnancy, it was just a lot of this, like, oh God, like there's the business stuff again. And it just felt very heavy and dreadful and hard and kind of feeling. And then my son is born in early 2018. And again, I'm like, I'm just going to nurse him and go all in with him because with my daughter, I had my dance studio at the time. And so I felt very torn a lot with her in her early months. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take my business off the table still and just work on him. Now, at the end of 2018, I did do some stuff with a couple of old clients, but I didn't really charge that much money, if any money. And I just was trying to get them back engaged. And then 2019 hit and I ended up weaning my son at about a year old and I was like ready to go. 
I had had this conversation with my husband of, okay, this is the year where I am going to make the business work and I'm going to make decent money at my business because otherwise, what's the point? Because I can make more money at this point going to the gap. And I'm going to walk you through all the numbers that I've made year by year too, so you can understand what I'm talking about here. But I had not made really any money. Granted, I had pulled some money out here and there to, you know, quote unquote, pay myself. But on paper, I hadn't really made that much money. Okay. So 2019, I got my booty in gear. I ended up just being a part of a course bundle that somehow fell into my lap. And I ended up getting a good, I think it was like 10 clients from that. And I didn't charge them much still. Like I went back to my old pricing and I said, it was actually cheaper than my old pricing. I charged them $9.97 to do group coaching with me. Before that, I had charged $1.97. Because again, I was like, I just want to get my feet wet again and just do this coaching thing and, and figure out how to coach again. Because I felt like I didn't really know anymore, which was silly. But um, so I did that. I also opted to take on a small handful of you know, what we call influencers. So people who were going to be a part of that group program and they weren't going to pay me anything, but they were going to share week by week about their coaching journey on their social media um, in an effort to get, you know, more eyeballs on my work for later, excuse me, for later in the year. So um, again, looking back, not sure that was the smartest decision either. Um, I could have easily just done some mindset work to start charging good money, you know, what I consider good money right out of the gates, because I was giving a lot for a little amount of money, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but you know, it is what it is, right? So I got my feet wet. I realized pretty quickly it was like, okay, I didn't, I'm coaching way better than I thought I would be at this point. And I started getting a little resentful at myself for thinking that I wasn't going to be as good as I was because then I had these influencers on there too that I was giving a lot to, um, who were just making, taking a manageable schedule and making it more than that. And I wasn't seeing an ROI from that right away. Um, and so I was like, oh, Lindsay, you made such a stupid decision. And I just beat myself up about it for so long. And I was talking to myself how I'm such a horrible businesswoman and all this stuff, which allowed me to open my eyes to the crappy self-talk I had about me as a businesswoman and do some work around that. But also what happened during this time is I was getting so run down because I was still healing too from having my son and from nursing him for a year because I nursed him solely from my body for a whole year. He would never take a bottle. And I just like put up with it, which is silly. Um, but at this point too, I'm getting really worn out. And I called my old life coach, Danielle. And I said, Danielle, I need some help. Like I need some self-care. I don't really need you to like kick my booty that much in coaching, which she's not that kind of coach anyway. Um, I just need, you know, to show up for myself every few weeks and you hold space for me. She's like, no problem. Let's do it. And quickly, as we got into the coaching again, um, I started to see even more how some of these things in my life had snowballed because I hadn't been doing consistent mindset work, especially having a coach. And so we had a lot to clean out. There was some stuff with my marriage. There was some stuff with me and my daughter. There was some stuff, obviously, with my business. And we had to kind of dig through the weeds, in essence, of me not tending to the garden of my life, if we want to look at it that way. And, and I realized during that point of 
you know, not only do I need a coach just so problems don't snowball and create these weeds, but I, I also started to see how much I was growing from having her again. And I started just massively growing. And so by the end of 2019, I had gotten to where I had consistent 5k months where I was pretty much, you know, pulling a lot of that out of the business and actually paying myself, which I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I wanted for so long. And then in 2020, I ended up just making more investments in my business. Now, 2020 started off rocky, like it did for many of us with the coronavirus and stuff like that. Like I had a really good January month. February was crappy. March was really crappy. And then April started to pick up and I took some of that money and I invested it in Stacey Bayman's 2K for 2K program, which I'll talk about more here in a bit, but one of the best decisions I ever made. And I also invested in Brooke Castillo's self-coaching scholars program. So I could get another level of consistent coaching because in that program, you get a 20 minute session with a random coach every single week. So I was like, I just want a ton of coaching because I'm seeing how it's making this impact of I'm making massive change again, like I did when I started in 2013 and 2014 when I had a coach. And so from there, my business just skyrocketed. In June, I had my first, I think it was 11K month. And then it just kind of went up from there. Boom, boom, boom. August of that year, I had almost a 60K month of business that I closed. And, you know, now I'm at a place in my business here. This is the end of February 2020, where I'm leaning toward 20K consistent months. And again, it's just going up more and more from there. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, I have my admin, Rachel, who I'm just bringing on for more hours and she's exceptional. Um, And I have other contractors in my business and I'm able to pull, you know, a decent amount of money every month from my business. It varies month to month, right? Based on spending. But you know, now I'm stepping into this place of like, wow, I'm making really good money. Okay. So it's taken me a while to get here. And while it's been seven years on paper, when I look back on it and you're going to hear me shuffle through my notes, but I really view 2013, um, and even 2014 as year zero, like I was just a student that year. And granted, at the end of 2014, I'd taken on, as I said, a couple of clients. Um, But at the end of that year, I think I had made like $750. And I remember going to an accountant and saying, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm going to file my LLC taxes the right way. And And her saying, well, how much did you make? And I said $750. And she laughed like she couldn't even hold it back. Um, and it was like, so gut wrenching. Right. But I just kept saying to myself was like, I really loved my reasons for why I made the choices I did that year again, because I was getting consistent coaching too. So I was very much checked in on that reason, but it really hurt when that woman laughed. Right. Because too, here's the thing with coaching. It's a newer profession. And granted it's becoming more and more known and a bit more accepted, But when you go tell the average person about coaching, they think it's a bunch of shit. They think it's like this foo-foo, you know, kumbaya kind of bullshit, Um, especially when you go into the finance world, unfortunately. And I've had so many people laugh at me throughout the way. And I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) You're going to hear me. I mean, that is true. I'm like, you're going to eat your fucking words. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're going to see how sassy I get sometimes. But you're going to eat your fucking words for what you just said to me or the tone you just gave to me. Um, but it also played into like a lot of my shit of, oh my God, am I going to make money at this, right? Because too, in the coaching industry, especially where I was or what I was surrounded with, there was a very big coaching graveyard. And that means that there are a lot of people who are going out and getting certified as a coach or just running around calling themselves a coach without getting certified, which is fine. I'm not judging that. But then they weren't making any money at it, especially those that were in my school. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't be around this energy because I am going to make a successful business no matter what. And so people laughing at me or just seeing everyone around me who was struggling to make money was like, holy shit, like, what am I going to fucking do to make money at this shit? Right. But again, going back end of 2014, made $750, super happy for my reasons for doing that. 2015, um, I guesstimate because this is at the point when I'm not really doing QuickBooks and stuff. I was just doing stuff on a spreadsheet, which I can't find for some reason. But at the end of 2015, I believe I had made around $7,500. And most of that came from the second part of the year when I had launched my group program, Unstoppable Woman. And, um, you know, because before that, I was just finishing up with my one on one clients. And then I had taken a little time off to develop what was I was going to do next. And as I said, with life lovers, I didn't charge anything. And so, again, at the end of 2015, I wasn't that upset about how much I had made. I felt like I was making forward moving progress. And so this is what I really consider as my year one. Now, I want to touch on something really quick. At the time, I really loved my decision to go into group coaching and to start the podcast. Looking back on this, especially from what I've heard from Brooke and Stacy now, this was not a smart move. What I should have done is I should have just taken on more one-on-one clients and upped my rate and continued to coach one-on-one. And that would have been a faster pathway for me to making money faster because I started spending a lot of time making content and trying to get people in group program when I didn't quite have the audience yet to have, you know, a huge amount of people in a group program for it to be something that was, you know, highly profitable for me. Okay. So when I have coaches sometimes come to me because I do coach coaches now, and I'll talk more about that in a bit. But when they come to me and they're like, okay, I've had a couple one-on-one clients and now I want to do group and I think group's going to be easier and I can make more money. I'm like, no, you, it's, it's a misconception. It's not necessarily the case. I would highly encourage you to just keep doing one-on-one because two, with one-on-one, you're going to fine tune your skills even better. And you're going to even get like more copy ideas and more ideas for your own unique processes from your one-on-one clients. And two, when you're coaching one-on-one, you can give them better results. I do think you can get great results from a group program, but if a client is coming to you in a one-on-one setting and saying like, hey, I want to lose this amount of weight or I want this XYZ thing to happen in a one-on-one setting, you can better ensure that those things are going to happen because you're giving them so much one-on-one attention. And so again, you just create better results for the client. You're getting paid more. And so you're going to have a better ROI. And so again, looking back 2015, I wish I would have just taken on more one-on-one clients. 2016 is what I consider year two in my business. And I'm looking at my notes for it. 
But this is where I said, like, I started with my continual group clients the first part of the year. And then I just, the rest of the year didn't really do that much. Again, I signed some clients. It's not like I didn't make progress, but I wasn't getting bigger. I was just maintaining. And so this is when I started using QuickBooks. And so it looks like in year two, I made an income of 18,600 and I had 22,500 in expenses. So I had a loss of almost $4,000 that year. Okay. So you can see the year prior I made 7,500. The second year I made 18,000, like not that much difference. Right. Then 2017 is when, um, I said like I was investing a ton of my business and not getting an ROI back. And I just, you know, ended up, you know, getting pregnant and all that stuff. And so I gave up most of the year. But that year, I made only 13000 in income and had 23000 in expenses. So I had almost a 10K loss that year. And so that 10K loss was what I was carrying on throughout most of my pregnancy, which was stressful. <laughs> that was not enjoyable at all. Um, so then in 2018, most of that year, I did not work at all. So I take that year off the table, even though on paper... My business was open that year. I wasn't really asking for business that year. And so then 2019, I consider my year three repeated because my first year three of 2017, as I said, it was like me just spending money, really. I made some offers, but it really wasn't that much. When I went to 2019, I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm here to make money. Let's go. Let's make this happen. And so um, that's when I started, as I said, working with more clients. I did those influencers, which, you know, later ended up having an ROI, but at the time wasn't much of an ROI. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't have how much I made in 2019 on here for some reason. Um, but I think it's because I didn't fully pull the number. Um but, but from what I remember uh, in 2019, that's when I had collectively hit throughout all the years I had my business, 100K. So I want to say I made like 60K in my business that year. Um, so I was making money, right? And, um, and I was also having to pay back the debt and things of that sort. So I didn't make that much on paper, but I generated good income in 2019. And again, that's when I hit that 100K mark, which I'm going to get to why that was important here in a bit. And then in 2020, I upped my pricing, as I said, and I started making really good money. And that's where I started listening to Brooke and Stacey a lot and taking their advice on what to do. And so what I ended up doing in 2020, to give you a little more detail, is I ended up going back to primarily focusing on one-on-one -on -one coaching and going all in with that and saying, I'm going to guarantee results for people. And I'm going to charge what I should have been charging this whole time because I've always been giving these kind of results to people. And so I up my prices a lot. And um, I just started doing the mindset work to be okay with charging that kind of pricing. Because before that, I had just a lot of drama around that. And again, I'll get to why that was in a bit. So at the end of 2020, I closed out right around 100K that I had made. And I had spent most of that in 2020. Okay. And I did that intentionally. I went in and again, I'll get to why I did this in a bit, but I went in that year and I said, whatever I make in my business this year, I'm reinvesting and I'm reinvesting it well this time. And that is going to lead me to a very fruitful 2021 and beyond. And that's what's already creating. And so even though on paper in 2020, I made right at hundred K 
I had actually closed in business close to 200K. But because I accept payment plans, you know, on paper, it was 100K. So I had a really big year in 2020. Okay. And then now for 2021, you know, I've got basically that 100K that's, you know, quote unquote guaranteed from payment plans. And then from there on paper, if I'm continually hitting the goals that I've set for this year, I'm going to close out making about 500K or it might be like 400K. I haven't looked at the spreadsheet lately, but um, I'm going to make in my pocket about 250. Actually, right now it's a little bit more than 250. It's like 350 almost that I'm going to be pocketing, but that's giving me some wiggle room because my goal for this year is to make 250. And so I'm okay with that because that, that shows me on my spreadsheet of, okay, if I don't hit all of my goals, there's this wiggle room, right? Okay. So that's me breaking down the timeline, right? I'm going to break it down one more time for you because I just really want you to understand how much time it took me to make the money that I'm making now and what I would do differently. Um, because again, you're probably somebody who's starting a coaching business or you want to, and I want you to fully understand what this timeline looks like, because I get a lot of coaches who think, oh, I should be making money sooner. It's like, girl, no, it takes a little bit of time. Okay. So 2014, as I said, I felt right on track with what I did, charging the little that I charged because I was really just wanting to learn. 2015, what I should have done is just bring on more people at one-on-one, but at a higher price. And what Stacey and Brooke suggest is to start charging at that point $100 an hour. So looking back, I wish I would have done that too. I still was undercharging. And I wish I would have charged $300 a month at that point. Um, and just done one-on-one for a couple months like that until a point where I was getting maxed out. And again, you decide what max out is for you because at the time too, I had a day job and I was still a single mom at this point. My husband ended up moving in, you know, once we got engaged and stuff. So he took off some of the financial pressure off of me. But, um, yeah, I, I wish I would have just focused in on that one-on-one and then gotten to a place where I max out on a certain number of clients that I had determined. If that was 10 clients, great. And then up my prices and then continued up from there. Right. So the other thing I wish I would have done in 2015 is because 2014 and 2013 was really me learning about my craft and learning how to coach. But in 2015, I had gotten this handle on coaching and I was looking to these little kind of cheapy programs to teach me how to make more money. And they were things like stuff Amy Porterfield puts out there, which Amy's great, but it was just like, oh, develop an online course or develop these freebies or develop a podcast, right? And instead, I wish I would have just focused on selling and selling on consults because consults are a really powerful place for a coach to sell and to create connection. And I think selling on a consult is so much easier than selling generally online, be it ads or in blogs or on podcasts, what have you. I think once you get somebody on the phone, man, it's powerful what you can create. And it gives them a taste too of what the coaching experience is going to be like for them. And so again, I wish I would have had enough sense to know of this is where I need to focus next is selling and selling on consults. And then in 2016, I wish I would have just kept continued to up my price, continue to um, focus on one-on-one and keep investing in my mindset, which I said I did not do, and keep investing and in selling, okay? 
And then 2017, I wish I wouldn't have taken that time off. I wish I would have had a mindset coach who would have coached me through my pregnancy and the hormone changes. And I would have been able to just keep making money throughout that year. And in 2018, I would have not had so much mindset drama about being a mom. And I would have just kept doing what I was doing on a, on a, way where I wasn't necessarily growing a ton, but I had developed at that point a consistent one-on-one practice and had up my prices enough to be able to have made money during that time. Because I see Stacy coaching other moms on this during this time in their life. She coaches them so well, and I wish I would have had somebody like that coaching me during that time. And then 2019, I would have just repeated because then I would have gone more into my business and had more spaces. And then 2020, was when I would have up-leveled. And I did that, right? So I, I kind of came around full circle. I just wish that I would have just focused in on one-on-one for a lot longer. And I would have made a lot more money. And I would have um, not wasted so much time on all of these things that didn't really matter at the end of the day. Because what, what happened is not only did I not make money, but I wasn't out there serving my clients in the best way during those years. And so there are clients left on the table who didn't get the results that they wanted during those years because I wasn't available to them. And that too is a, is a very big detriment to this world. Okay. So when I have coaches that I'm coaching again, I am coaching them through this of, okay, let's focus on one-on-one and let's do this. And Stacey and Brooke back me up on this. And some of the things that they talk about specifically is, you know, your first hundred K is going to be the hardest money that you make hands down. It's going to bring up all your shit. It's going to bring up all the things that you need to deal with, especially if this is your first time being an entrepreneur. But I will say even because I've been an entrepreneur, I had a dance studio, but I was selling dance, right? I even had an event planning business briefly, but I was selling event planning. When I was a coach, it was like I was selling me and I was selling this thing that society really hasn't understood yet and really hasn't accepted yet. And so it brought up a ton of shit for me. And again, I should have had my mindset coach along the way to help me through all of that. And I just did not, right? Um, So just know, and you'll see it even with my growth, right? I said in 2019 is when I hit 100K collectively in my business. And then after that, it was just like rocket fire. It was just like boom, boom, boom. And I've been able to scale and scale and scale in a very fast way. Because again, that first 100K was so much shit that I needed to work through. But once you work through that shit, you're just freaking unstoppable. And Brooke and Stacy back me up on this. Um, the other thing that they talk about, Brooke and Stacy do, is reinvesting that first 100K. So going into your business and saying, okay, the first 100K, I'm not really gonna make any of that. Now I can maybe pull a little bit here and there if I need it, but going in with a mindset of I'm just going to reinvest that back in my business. And they suggest investing in three ways. And I completely agree with them. Anything else is just a waste of time. And those three investments are the first is your mindset. You know, again, if we look at um, what I talk about often on the show is our thoughts create our feelings, which drive our actions, which create our results. So our thought line always becomes our result line at some point. And if we're not constantly looking at our thoughts, then we're going to create some shitty ass results, right? (laughs) I'm getting real sassy today. We are, we're going to create some shitty results. And so it's really important that we're constantly looking at our mindset and we're having somebody outside of ourselves, even if we know how to coach ourselves outside of us to see our mind in a different way, because we're not going to always see the things in our mind because we're too close to it. And so it's so important that we're getting that. And two, Stacey talks about this, of being in a constant state of breakthrough 
is huge. It's so huge because when you're in a constant state of breakthrough and you're getting results from your own coach and coaching, you can go sell that so easily. And that's why now I'm just on fire because I am constantly getting coached. I'm constantly making changes from coaching. And so I am living in the magic of coaching. And so it's so easy for me to be like, uh, don't you guys want coaching? It's amazing. Let me tell you all the things that I've done in just this week from being coached. I do this with my clients and my online community. I'm like, look at all my wins from the, all the coaching that I've gotten this week. Isn't that awesome? And then it generates in them is like, oh, okay, let me see more of the changes that I can make, right? The second thing to invest is in your business. And really that's in, in selling. And so I mentioned Stacy's 2K for 2K program was one of the best investments that I made. I made it in early 2020. And I, again, I fully back that claim up hardcore. I'm not an affiliate for her program. I've already sent a ton of people there. She's made a good amount of money off of me, not for her because she makes millions. I've sent, sent like thousands of dollars to her. But um, I highly suggest everyone getting 2K for 2K. You know, again, I mentioned some other people that I followed along the way, the Amy Porterfield types um, and David Seitman Garland was one, Melanie Duncan, who's no longer in that space. James Wedmore, all of them. And their stuff is good, but it's more so of generalized marketing. If you want to go out and create a course and um, it really just like a lot of fluff, that's going to take a lot of time and get you out of making money immediately. And Stacey talks about this so well. She has a podcast called Make Money as a Life Coach. Oh my goodness. Amazing stuff. She was the first person that I was like, yes, finally, like everything's making sense. And just listening to her podcast was, is what allowed me to start making consistent 5k months, like amazing content. I encourage you to listen to every single episode. And she talks about in some of these episodes, these three big investments, and she goes specifically into what that entails, making these three big investments in your mindset and then in your business. And then the third one is your craft. Um, so, you know, like a certification or, you know, just doing different coaching programs. Um, like for me, I'm in self-coaching scholars as a client where I'm getting coached on my mindset there, but I'm also listening to other coaches coach all the time in there. And so I'm constantly hearing how other people are coaching and I'm working on my craft while I'm in there as well. Okay. And if you're somebody who's like, okay, Lindsay, I know I want to be a coach. I want to be certified. I highly suggest going to the life coach school. I did not get my certification there. I may end up adding a certification there at some point. Is it going to be one of the most, if not the most expensive certifications you get? Absolutely. It's 18 K the last time I checked. Um, but it's incredible. Like they call it like the yell of coaching kind of thing. Um, and I, from what I've seen, I would completely back that up. And she creates a community, Brooke does, for coaches where you're constantly learning and constantly getting better. And you just get different milestones with different awards. And um, she has live events everywhere, every year for her coaches and just an amazing support system you're going to get there. And the coaches in the Life Coach School make money. And that's something they really celebrate is when you hit your first 100K and then when you hit your first million and all of that. And so, um, as I said earlier, many coaches are in the coaching graveyard and these schools that just do not know how to sell marketing and tell you how to sell. And that's why their coaches are really skilled at coaching, but they can't get anyone to buy coaching. Okay. So highly suggest working with them. Um, and so again, these are the three big investments, your mindset, your business, your craft. 
I invested in a lot of bullshit along the way. Like I invested, as I said, in online courses with people like, you know, the online marketers of the world. I invested a lot in branding, which really was because I wanted this pretty external thing to happen. Like this pretty external world. Look how pretty Lindsay's business is because deep down, I didn't fully believe in myself yet or in coaching quite yet. Even though I had experienced great results, I was still unsure about it. And so the branding fluffed me up and made me feel better. Whereas if I would have had a mindset coach, I would have not had, you know, been spending money in that area. I also spent money on Facebook ads. Now, granted, when I first spent money on Facebook ads in 2015, I didn't spend that much. And so it wasn't that big of a deal. Actually, that was 2014. Um, But now Facebook ads are expensive. And I have a very, very small budget that I use for Facebook ads every month. And I really don't get an immediate ROI on it and all that stuff. Um, But looking back, I wish I would not have spent any money on Facebook ads. And Stacey talks about this too. It's like, don't waste your time on Facebook ads during those years. Just worry about going out, meeting people, telling them you're a life coach, making offers to help them, and then getting them on the phone for a consult. And in that 2K program, she walks you through beautifully how to do a consult. That process of knowing how to do a great consult is what changed the game for my business big time. Okay. Um, Yeah, I would have just had one simple offer along the way. I would not have done a lot of low cost you know, offers because here's the thing too, because I didn't know quite how to sell. Um, I felt uncomfortable selling a bigger ticket item. And so I was like, Oh, it's just $97. Oh, it's just this amount of money. And then I didn't have to, um, overcome objections because it was such a no brainer price to a lot of people. And so, um, yeah, if I would have just known how to sell, then I would have, again, made a bigger offer and stuck with one-on-one for a longer time. Okay. So I hope this episode helped you really at the end of the day, the big things that you need to be able to have, to have a multi six-figure coaching business is belief in yourself, belief in your product and belief in your abilities and your coaching. Okay. And that goes back to those three top investments of mindset, biz, and craft. So when you're working on your mindset, you're really working on the belief in yourself. So that's why it's so important to have a mindset coach. And that's where I come into play. And so I am a mindset coach for a good amount of coaches. Now I have like, gosh, I think about 10 coaches that I'm coaching on their mindset and helping them build their business from the mindset perspective. And granted, I'm getting that, giving them mentoring tips and advising them and things of like what I'm giving you today. But I'm really working on the belief in themselves. Like I have one coach right now that I'm working with and she's had some stumbling blocks along the way, as we all do. Like one client quit on her and she started immediately, her brain went to, oh, it's because I'm a bad coach or this or that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Here's a different way to think about this. What if the, the actuality of the situation is that you're such a powerful coach that you gave her such amazing awareness, it freaked her the F out which when we went back and looked at it, that's actually what happened. She had an amazing session with this client. It scared the client. And because she's a newer coach, she didn't quite know how to finesse that yet of being like, okay, we did something really powerful today. Just know after we get off the phone, this may happen and you may feel this way. And so because of that lack of finesse, then the client started to freak out. But the reality was, I was like, look at how powerful you've become as a coach. 
this is incredible. I didn't have this for years in my business because I was too busy like handholding clients too much. This is awesome. And it's that mindset shift may seem small, but it allowed her to go from snowballing in one direction of not being able to continually have a successful coaching business to shifting that into snowballing toward, okay, this is a good thing. And here's where I'm going to go. And I'm going to continue to keep moving forward with my business. Okay. So I'm here for the mindset work of any coaches out there. I love doing this stuff. It's so fun to help my coaches grow. For a while, I must admit, you know, since I wasn't really making money and I hadn't fully stepped into um, this role of me owning myself as a coach and as a businesswoman, I, I would get a little like, what's the word? I would get a little, not intimidated, but like nervous coaching other coaches because I was like, well, you know, I haven't made money at first. I didn't feel like it was an integrity for me. And granted, I'd made money, but like really made money. Um, and two, I was like, oh my gosh, well, they're going to go out and they're going to take all my clients and then I'm not going to have clients. So why am I going to build them up? And it's so silly because now having such a very um, specific offer that I offer in my business, I know that it has to be a specific kind of woman that I work with, which is go-getter women, which believe it or not, is pretty specific. And two, I'm not the right coach for everybody. I'm not. Like there is a specific magic between me and the client that I work with that's other coaches are going to have a different kind of magic with different kind of people. And two, I only work with 36 women a year <laughs> in my one-on-one practice. And there are billions upon billions of people in the world. So if not trillions, I don't even know anymore. But there's so many people in the world. And I love building up coaches because I'm a huge fan of coaching, obviously. I think this is the ticket to having an amazing life. And the more people we can get experiencing coaching the better our world is going to be. And um, I love, as I said, being a coach. I love what it creates for my work-life blends. And so especially when I'm working with other coaches who want that, I'm like, yes, this is such an amazing profession to be able to have that, to be able to show up as the mom you want to and the wife you want to, and then still rock it in your professional career. So yeah. Oh, this episode's long. It's over an hour long, but I had so much I needed to share with you today. So Again, I hope you have some nuggets here that you're taking away with. And if you have some thoughts that you're like, oh, Lindsay, you didn't address this question or based on what you said, this is what I'm starting to think about my business. Like, let's hash that out. Go to my free community. The link is always in my bio or in my show notes, but it's lindsayepresson.com forward slash community. Join there. Send me an email. You can always send me there. I highly, again, suggest you follow Stacey and Brooke. They're amazing people to follow in regards to building a coaching business and then bringing me on board as your mindset coach to help you as you grow your coaching business. Because again, too, you know, sometimes I get coaches they're like, I want to be a coach so bad and they have never experienced coaching as a client. That is to me very much out of integrity um, that you need to go out and you need to experience coaching as a client. You need to get your butt kicked a little bit and coaching. You need to experience the results of that because it's going to otherwise be kind of probably tricky for you to sell. Oh, and one last thing I do want to say though, is sometimes when we're building a coaching business, we can judge uh, our journey based on other people's of like, oh, well, she's going so much faster than I am. Like Stacey, for example, Stacey and I started our business the same year. And Stacey now is making millions upon millions of dollars. And she has this huge following and all this stuff. But here's the difference. Stacey, had Brooke as a mentor, which Brooke knew her shit. My mentor knew how to coach, but she didn't really know marketing. So there's that difference. But Stacy 
also knew how to sell. And that was something she was very good at. Very, very good at. That was her background. And so once she knew how to coach, she already knew how to sell. And then she knew because her mentor had told her, keep investing in your mindset. And so that's what allowed her to just skyrocket much faster. Um, and so sometimes, you know, again, when we compare our journey, we're like, well, she's going so much faster. It's like, well, because she knew how to sell or she's had a ton of mindset work for many, many years. When I started my business, I had had a little bit of mindset work. I knew how to coach a little bit and I knew nothing about selling. Like I was starting basically from ground zero. I needed to learn all three of those skills really, really well. And so it took me more time. And so just know that like I have coaching clients right now who are coaches and they're moving faster than I was because some of them know how to sell or some of them have even better mindsets than what I had. And so you, again, you can't judge the journey and compare it to somebody else. You will get what you want at some point. You will have, if you want a multi six figure coaching business, you will get it at some point, as long as you don't give up, as long as you keep investing in these three things. And, um, you know, again, the mindset's the most important of, of course, of you continually looking at your mindset and saying, what's going on here for me not to have the result that I want, but it will happen. I promise you, I promise, promise, promise. I thought so many times it wouldn't happen for me. And I'm so glad I didn't give up. There were so many times I wanted to quit. And that was one of the biggest hindrances of sometimes I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm in. Oh no, I quit. Oh no, I'm back in. No, I quit. You've got to be all in on this and be ready to make it happen and just believe it's going to happen. And that whatever, you know, the journey is supposed to look like, it's going to be the journey, but keep believing that you're going to get the result that you want. Okay. All right. I know I'm talking your ear off so much to say about this. So hope it was helpful for you again, reach out if you need me, but I will see you next week on the show. My friend. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.